Browsing through a book of quotations the other day, I came across the old Scottish prayer to ward off evil spirits. You remember, from ghoulies and ghosties and long-leggedy beasties and things that go bump in the night. <laughs> well, isn't it strange how the coming of night can alter the whole shape, appearance, even the atmosphere of a house or a room? Sounds are different at night, too. Anyway, reading that old incantation, I was reminded of the tragic case of... Welcome, 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 boils and ghouls, ghosts and goblins. I am your host, Scary Monster Kennedy, and this is Chaos Magic News, the only news source from beyond the grave. As always, I'm joined by my frightening co-host, the Taco Bell Razor. Hello, how goes pleasure beyond all pain from the Crunch Wrap Supreme configuration? <coughs> you hate it, don't you? I knew it. I knew yeah, I you- shouldn't have done it. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that intro, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty great. That's pretty great. <laughs> I, I don't, I wish I had, I thought of taco bell razor and was like, all right, that's, that's genius. But I didn't think of any follow-up joke for it. So, well, that's what you get. All right. We've, who else have we got with us today? Scary monster. Well, you're right. We have joining us for the Halloween spectacular. We have our first actual guest on this podcast. And boy, are they a guest. We have Ricky Baker. Ricky Baker, uh, Ricky Baker, uh, Ricky Baker, uh, Ricky Baker, uh, uh, Ricky Baker. I'm so sorry. Hey, Ricky. How's it going? Hey, I even did the dance. <laughs> Love the song. I know. It's beautiful. That's why I had to include it. The best thing was um, Bellraiser over there was just completely confused because like, wait, let me test. Can I, can you hear this if I do this? And they're like, what the fuck is this? Like, don't, don't worry about it. I have not it. the, I haven't the foggiest where that's from, so. What's it called? A movie to find the wilder people or? Hunt for the wilder people. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. a good movie. Great, strange, odd film. Yeah. Well. I'll I'll have to check it out after this at some point. All right. It has that has the song in it. Yeah, it's actually a great little scene. It's very touching and weird. Um, so it's anyway, touching something. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. As we usually open with, um, and since we have Ricky here, I think you know the topic we're gonna kind of go into today is something that's very near and dear to all of our hearts as chaos magicians: memes. Memes, yay! Yeah. Well, I mean, without getting too much out there, Ricky is um particularly versed in the meme, the memory of the occultosphere, right? Yes. So, I, I guess my first question for you is like, how did that actually like? How do you how do you go about just deciding to be like, all right, I'm going to be the occult meme person? Well. 
it started about five years ago when I, I always liked memes, but in the occult groups, there were no good, funny occult memes. They were all just like, blah. So I decided I would make those memes myself. And so I did for five years on chaos memes. Ah, uh, yeah, then, chaos memes. Yes, but now chaos memes is gone and I've moved on to bigger and more mainstream things that pay the bills and make actual real money. So, but the chaos memes are still out there, even though the website has been removed, everything's taken down. They're stolen and free out in the wild as community memes now. They belong to everyone now. They belong to everyone now. Yes, comrade. <laughs> uh, well, here's... Can I ask a, a, a short question here? Why do you think there was a lack of occult memes? Do you think it has something to do with occultists just wanting to take themselves seriously? Do you think most people are just generally uncreative? Or... You well, know what? There, there were occult memes, but they were very... Like, most people wouldn't get them at all. Like, you would have had to read tombs of books to just understand this one meme. And I wanted, like, funny, everyday cold memes. You know? I wanted things to actually be funny. That's oh. all you had to say. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I always use the term, uh, snap your fingers funny. I think I got it from, like, Jimmy J.J. Walker or some random person like that. But it's like, when you see it, it's like, he was talking about stand-up, but it applies to memes, too. You know, the, the, when you see a meme that's, you know, it's, it's, it's amusing to you because you understand what's going on there, but it's not actually funny. It's, you know, because it's just a bunch of like, oh, I only get this because I read 35 tomes of Agrippa and the entire collected works of um, Phil Hine. 35 to tomes of, of who now? Agrippa. Agrippa. Gonna, gonna leave that alone. Never mind. Yeah, you know, we already knew where that was going. Yeah, yeah, I'm not getting the boo sound effect out this early. Why? It's spooky season. There should be a lot of boos. Wait, what'd you say it was? It's spooky season. <laughs> okay. Yes, it is indeed spooky season, and that's kind of the whole point of this episode, really. But. Before we get to that, since you so rudely jumped into it, and by you, I mean me, um, I wanted to ask just on the topic of memes in general, because meme magic was like the buzzword that was going around fucking everywhere back in like 2020, right? You know, the whole memeing of uh, the election and all that sort of stuff. And um, as someone that's sort of intimately involved in, you know, general memery, what do you think of meme magic as a as a concept? I think it's very real. I think that very high up people are able to see this and use it and people that have studied advertising, psychology and marketing. And I think they are manipulating you and I on a daily basis with me. I told you last episode, advertising is magic. See, you owe me twenty dollars, Bellraiser. <laughs> Well, I would have, but I got this advertisement earlier for a double-decker Crunchwrap Supreme, so, you know, I spent my last 20 on that. Oh, that's... But, well, here, to, to go back to the thing, 
we because we had this conversation last episode where the idea of there's a lot of different occult in quotes sort of things that all get lumped together as what we would call magic. When you say you feel like there are people that are high up that understand the importance of memes as uh, magical, do you? At what lot? Where do we draw these distinctions of? All right, this is psychological manipulation, and then this is using memes to try to create some sort of physical change in the universe. But but advertising and marketing is just that. They're making changes through these images and these words to, to make you change your daily habits and buy this coffee or use this pillowcase or so that and and not all of them are using magic, but can come off as magic sometimes. That's what I I guess that's what I mean by where do we where do we draw these lines, you know? Which is for me it's well, I was going to say, maybe it's not even necessary to draw the lines. Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's like, I don't think that, I don't think magic as a phenomena, as, at least as we talk about it normally, is clear cut enough to make that distinction anyway. That's why so many things get lumped together as magic that are really not particularly related to each other on any sort of surface level. And especially as um, chaos magicians, we're very big on sort of syncretism and like seeing where similarities lie. But a lot of that is just, you know, you get a hammer, everything looks like a nail sort of shit, you know? True. But, I mean, I still stand totally by advertising causing material change in the world in how you act and how we consume and stuff. So, yeah, it's magic, and it's black magic. It's bad mojo. Manipulation. Yep, manipulation. Sweet. Okay. All right. Well, does that round it up on the meme talk then? Because on the meme. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So with that being said, after our uh, lovely, lovely intro discussion, we go to the most beloved section on Chaos Magic News, where we dig into the headlines and start talking about magic in the news. And I have a huge stack of two different types of headlines. So I'm going to run through these and you two feel free to give your comment on anything that perks your interest. And then we'll uh, go on to the next special pile. So, Ooh, let's see. So column a, then column B and you're going to alternate. Oh no, I'm going to go to column. I'm going to do all of column a real quick. And then we're going to go to column B, which will be the, you know, legitimate sort of things. Oh, okay. Well, legitimate in the sense that it's of the season. Ooh. So is B illegitimate? (laughs) Here, let's just get to let's just get to the headlines and we'll see what happens. So um, column B is owed some uh, some child support, is what I'm getting out of here. (laughs) Okay. Um, Let's see. First, we have opposition of railroaders to Biden brokered contract points to break down a bureaucratic control. I like that. That's pretty magic. And like the William S. Burroughs smash the, um, what was the term? You know it. What the control mechanisms? Yeah. That was the one I was looking for. Yeah. So depose of alien language and then depose of alien God, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Well, 
Well, the only thing that I got out of that was there were a lot of B words. <laughs> that was just alliteration city in that headline, which I guess that's that's probably good for advertising, right? That's Yep, people like words. They like similar sounds. <laughs> it made it easier for me to read, and you know how hard it is for me to read headlines. True. Let's see. Mystery prevails as Chinese leader escorted out of Communist Party Congress in front of world media. Oh, boy. What, what happened? Um, something mysterious. Someone someone got walked out of a room and didn't come back, I'm thinking, is what it's saying. Oh, snap. Yeah. Did you look. say the ex-president? No, no, no. It said uh, oh. former leader. Oh, okay. Mr. Winnie is still around. Okay. Well, I guess that's a different kind of abracadabra. You disappear. That's awful. I don't know if I have a, I don't know if I have a good explanation or a magical insight about it, but Ooh, I mean, at least if he was, at least if he was in front of the media, people can say like, all right, he was here and no one ever saw him again. So <laughs> it's yeah. better than just disappearing in the night. I suppose so. <laughs> Not much. Um, Washington State woman fended off black bear by punching it in the nose, official says. Holy shit, I'm from Washington. Oh, Jesus. nice. Do you- was it you? <laughs> no, it was me. Are you sure? <laughs> well, maybe in my sleep. No. <laughs> oh, God. Well, you know, I, this actually goes back to something that I think is very useful in the occult. That uh, people often miss the most direct forms of magic, like punching someone in the nose. It's, you know, they're like, all right, I'm going to I'm going to get I'm going to put your name in a jar and with some salt and some lemon and then I'm going to stick it in my freezer. It's like, well, just punch him in the nose. It's going to be easier. They're going to know exactly how you feel. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Show up on your doorstep and bitch slap you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's direct. I mean, how many of your problems would be solved, Ricky, if you could slap certain parties in the face? Back in my day, that's how it, went, how it went. You know, there was none of this hiding behind computer screens and texting people. You oh. told them to their oh. face and shit happened. Yeah. <laughs> so. the, 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 the old the need to uh, re- reject modernity, embrace tradition, fuck around and find out. <laughs> Back in my day, we just shot at each other and we were happier. You had to take 10 paces and turn. Oh God. (laughs) Be nice to the guest. No one's ever going to come on again. Oh no, I'm, I'm super down with this. I'm just, I I think we need to go back to it. Okay. Let's see. Black death survivors gave their descendants a genetic advantage, but with a cost. I mean, yeah, they died. Okay. Oh, no, no, Wait, it's at survivors. Up, survivors. My bad. That was a great joke in my head, and it didn't work out on paper. I think it's saying that people that got the Black Death and survived had a, you know, obviously passed on some sort of immunity advantage, but at some cost. I'm not sure what that cost is, other than just having to be like I was covered in boils, and it was not a fun time. Oh, well, that's interesting. So they're saying they're stronger genes now. Yeah, it's it seems like it. Nice. That's pretty magical. Back to memes and viruses and copying. Oh, hey, oh, that's a okay. That is a neat idea. 
Here's a thought. Do you guys think that there's some sort of uh, psychic or mental equivalent of that sort of uh, inoculation that it might it might fuck you up, but if you survive it, you'll probably be able to pass that on and you'll be stronger for it. I think most of my life is that. I think that a lot of disabilities come with that double-edged sword. Oh, yeah. I have, a ma- I have a major sleep disorder that is hell to live with, but I have lots of very big talents in my dreams and sleep, so pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty that- dope. My sleep disorder now that just keeps me up till 7 a.m. making podcast. <laughs> okay. Let's see. What else we have here before we can move on to the next one? Uh, Elon Musk, weird week. Memes with Kanye and Trump joking with a former Russian president and a possible federal probe. Again, memes coming in. This is going to be like last week where we had an accidental theme without actually trying for it. What do we what do we think of Elon overall as kind of being this weird conglomerate of memery at this point? Like, because if anyone got memed into something bigger than they were, I think it was Elon Musk, right? Definitely. Well, he's he's definitely someone who knew how to take advantage of the particular spectacle that the internet enjoys. And that's why he essentially painted himself as if he was the real life Tony Stark while not doing much to actually live up to it. And in a lot of ways, just being uh, sort of, I don't want to just insult him, but I don't care for him. And the reputation that he has built feels so far removed from what he actually is that I, I just look at him as a fraud. He's got Tesla though. So, and so what? How many Teslas you got? <laughs> <laughs> no, you, I, I, I love you. You know, I, I also, ratioed. Yeah. Yeah, I ra- got it. yeah. Ratioed all the, see, you're just, I'm just saving you from the reply guys that are going to come after you after this episode goes up anyway. So you should thank see, me. How dare you talk about my internet daddy, Elon. Fuck him. I have a different viewpoint on Elon that many don't. So, oh, yeah. See, my, my, see, I learned about Elon from my son who has autism and I knew nothing about him. My son's obsessed with space rockets and he talks to me about SpaceX and rockets for hours every day. And so I learned about Elon from him. And then I learned more about where Elon, you know, how he was a rich kid and he had all this money and he really, He's he's smart, but he doesn't have any really original ideas of his own. He has all this money that he saves and hoards, and then he goes and buys out other people's ideas and steals their ideas if they won't sell it to them and then settles in court. But um, but he's smart and he's a businessman and he's got a fucking ton of money and he owns Tesla and he. Yeah, so. Yeah. But I think that he, he used the power of memes to create him into something, an image much higher and bigger than himself, and didn't allow the hate that came along with those memes to drag him down. He let it build up his reputation and let, let it be whatever we wanted to perceive it to be. And that's a very smart thing. No, yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's definitely good magic. It, it might be unethical overall, but it's definitely good magic. Well, I I have to concede that he's very good at what he does, regardless if I find him 
palatable at all. He's very good at what he does. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think Reagan was really it's great just, at what they did. I just It's just what he's good at isn't what most people think he's good at. <laughs> well, if we were all just yeah. having conversations about him being like, this great meme wizard, that'd be one thing, but that's not what most people see, I think. Well, wait, he's not a great meme wizard because just like a couple weeks ago, he got busted for stealing some big meme page, his Uh, meme, and cutting off their watermark. And I was like, I'll fucking make memes for you, fucking Elon, dude. Just sign a check for a million bucks. It's all Elon Musk memes from here on out. Just hook me up with a couple of them emeralds. Just Or just... A couple Teslas for my family, man. Come on. There you go. Oh, oh that's great. <laughs> I'll sell out. Ricky will totally sell out. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's always a matter of how much money. And you always convince yourself that you can do something good if you got that ridiculous amount of money for selling out. But, you know, Elon will probably wait, wait, continue wait. to steal money. Are memes. we ready to sell out? Oh, CMN has been selling out since the get-go. This was all one oh, big okay. sellout. This uh, is the great shill. Yeah, this is the great <laughs> shill. Okay. Um, all right. Last, last serious headline, and then we'll go on to the fun ones. Although this one's kind of fun. Georgia men come to pick up their daughter from school. Realize it's the same girl. Oh, shit. <laughs> Wait. Two different, two different dads, and they have the same daughter? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't actually read this article. I just saw the headline, and I was immediately like, ah, changelings. Can't trust them. What? So I know what's really going on here. So, <laughs> so someone else is raising someone else's kid. Like I, I guess so. Hang on, let me skim through. It if real this quick. is a case of this woman was with both of these men, didn't know who the father was, so she just said, "It's both of your kid." And then just kept the other one separate the whole time. Oh, that is exactly what happened. And the child support for both of them. Oh, Oh, this is so bad. This was so apparently the mother ended up at the school and dealt with the two fathers arguing. So that's fucking hilarious. That's a, this is almost the opposite of the parent trap. (laughs) Oh man. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that's a great. Oh, that's 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 a good one to end. Wait, wait, wait. I just realized the daughter must have known, right? Yeah, cuz she'd have to be pl- calling both of them dad, right? How do you hide that? I don't know. Maybe she was like one of those really young kids that you can just be like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, you have two dads. It's fine." Yeah, maybe she's only like preschool. Yeah. Oh, okay. You're right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. That's still Oh boy. That's got to be traumatizing yeah traumatizing what is you, the word what do you even do after that i mean if you're one of the if you're one of the fathers what do you even do dna test uh, exactly paternity it's, test and get on with your life were, but but that's the problem right is just because like that's the problem because one both of them i imagine are probably pretty attached even if you aren't genetically the father that's kind of your daughter already right mm-hmm. wouldn't that be heartbreaking to be like, it's, I don't know, man, that sucks. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a horrible experience for everyone involved. But it's also a good lesson in karma because the mother reaped what she sowed by telling me she, she, receives, she received the, 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 uh, the causation of her karmic debt. And then the, both the fathers got a great lesson on attachment. 
If they were Zen Roshis, they would have been like, oh, that's not my child? Okay, and then just walked on. That's a brutal uh, lesson on attachment. <laughs> yeah, that's a brutal. I mean, you know, you're, it's going to take a couple lifetimes to get that one worked out. <laughs> okay. Man, let's, let's start smaller, please. Like, how about I just not be attached to my Tesla? <laughs> and we'll go from there. <laughs> All right. Okay. So the infamous column B has appeared now. These are all uh, Halloween related headlines because it is the spooky of, of seasons. Yay. So are you going to hit the Phantom of the Opera again or? Uh, yeah. Why not? Oh, oh, no. Hang on. That'll be edited <laughs> out. Broke it. You broke your keyboard, right? I'm sorry for my terrible playing. I'm using my actual like computer keyboard to do that. And I'm not really quite sure how it's set up. I've just been really hoping as I hit the buttons. Well, you just have to find middle C. I mean, I don't think, I I don't think middle C is on a QWERTY keyboard. There's a C. There's not a middle C though. Is it in the middle? (laughs) All right. (laughs) Checkmate. I'll give it to you. I hate you. All right. (laughs) All right. Okay. So, Let's run through the spooky headlines. It's cute, but is it safe to put your dog in a Halloween costume? Based on the fact there's an article about it, I'd assume not. But the bigger question is, what's the ideal dog Halloween costume? What's the ideal dog Halloween costume? Huh. Yeah, I don't they, know. I mean, devil. yeah, it depends devil. what kind of dog, right? Yeah. You're not going to you're not going to dress your chihuahua up as like Cerberus. No, well, maybe you would. That would be that'd cute. Be, yeah. See, I, I think I think I win here because I can't think of a single Halloween costume that wouldn't work on both the biggest, meanest pit in the world and like the tiniest Pomeranian. <laughs> they're both they're both they work for different reasons, but they work. I, I think the problem is, is that. Unlike people where you can put a costume on and you can sort of almost embody whatever you're trying to get from that costume, you put it, you dress a dog up as a bee or you dress it up as a, a, a drill sergeant or you dress it up as Hulk Hogan. It doesn't, it doesn't have any frame of reference. So it's just going to keep being a dog. But yeah. it looks so cute. It does. You know, little Hulk Hogan, <laughs> um, you know, like Dotson. That'd be great. Yeah. But I guess dogs are, uh, impervious to that sort of invocation of a of any sort of form via cosplay i guess they're just like nope still a dog point me to the kibbles okay (laughs) let's see we have oh this one is not even really a headline it just popped up because uh cnn is also connected to the food network apparently but it said how to safely make black colored food for halloween and all you need to know about this is that this is just a whole article to tell you don't use activated charcoal. Oh, yeah, because it can it can suck out your medications. Or it can cause digestive issues and stuff, apparently. But, like, I just think that that's oh. great that they gave you, like, a whole article. Like, here are all the things you can do. Because it's, it's a do's and don'ts list. It gives you a couple for do's. And then don'ts is says black charcoal. No, activated charcoal. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't It'll ruin just- your time. Why don't you just like make that the headlines? Like don't use activated charcoal. Well, when you tell people not to do something, generally they want to do it. So true facts. All right. Okay. Uh, 
Oh, this will be a fun one. These are the most popular Halloween costumes in California, according to Google search data. Do you guys have any clue what number one would be? It is the, the most stereotypical answer you could think of, and I don't mean about California. Jeffrey Dahmer. The guy from uh, Stranger Things. <laughs> which, which guy? There's at least two guys in that show. The guy that was portraying Damien Eccles, or that the writers had in mind. The metal dude. The oh, Eddie, was that his name? I, I don't know, but yeah, I, I completely... I forget Damien Eccles exist most of the time, which is weird because there was a time in my life where I was very passionate about the, the West Memphis three because of, you know, a Henry Rollins album, but that's different. Um, but oddly enough, um, uh, number four is actually just stranger things. So just, <laughs> just stranger things. So, but uh, no, number one was witch because we still out here just putting on the witch costume. It's, it's the easiest thing in the world to do. My culture isn't your costume. I was just going to say, man, that's cultural appropriation, man. Right, yep. right. It's, it's how it's... I mean, it's, it's <laughs> kind of a dodgy line, honestly, when you think about it, because there's sort of this archetypal witch that we all know from Wizard of Oz or, you know, just Halloween in general, I guess. There's, there's sort of this thing you can point at as witch, I guess. Yeah, Which like it, the archetype of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I point at people and call them witches. It, all it the isn't time. quite the same as like dressing up as a racial or cultural stereotype, I guess. I think if you have green skin, it's it's a it's a stereotype. We're we're trying to live up. We we in the magic community tend to have pretty good skin at this point. We're not like we used to be. <laughs> liar. <laughs> Absolute <laughs> liar. <laughs> <laughs> oh man okay um city of prosser takes down karen themed halloween display after community backlash this is also in washington apparently what yep i mean did the bear attack the karen display <laughs> or <laughs> i i don't know i think i think someone it it's like if you look at it it's like a scarecrow that just has a shirt that says i want to speak to your manager so it's not even like that big of a deal. Like, I don't get why people would be so upset about it. Maybe because it's like from the city and a lot of them are Karens. I don't know. Who knows? <sighs> probably. probably. Karen neighbors. Oh, yeah. Oh, speaking of Karen neighbors, this one I had to show you guys because it, it has completely changed my perspective on the magic of Halloween. LA County neighbors get mandatory trick or treat flyers demanding Halloween candies. All residents in the Bristow park community of city of commerce are obligated to hand out candy, October 31st, 2022 Halloween night at the start hour of 8 PM to 12 AM midnight. There is no way that someone official wrote this. This is that's that's little Billy. Yeah, that is exactly that, that's Billy. That is Billy learning the power of suggestion right there. That's a great lesson for all of us. Like, all Once right. Again, a, a great meme as well. Totally. At the same time, this wouldn't be the first time that some sort of uh, government or bureaucratic entity you know, if this was from a homeowners association, I'd believe it 100. percent 
but it's just one of those, it wouldn't be the first time that some sort of entity like this has overstepped their bounds. So there's part of me that thinks that this could be legit. I don't think any official person would say trick or treating ends at midnight. <laughs> They'd be like, you know, 1030. No one's going to want oh, okay. kids out at midnight. Okay. Well, here's, here's my follow-up question to this though. Do you guys think that there's some sort of liberatory faculty or quality that can be had by doing something like that, by looking at here's the particular social norm that is associated with this holiday of I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to put up decorations. I'm supposed to give out candy. You know what? Fuck that. I'm going to click off the lights. I'm locking the door. Y'all leave me the hell alone. I'm not playing your particular game. Or do you think you're just being like a curmudgeon if that's the case? (laughs) While I, I could understand the liberatory power of being like, no, I am not participating in this. I, I do not care about you and your kid and your costumes. I, I got to say that you're being, uh, you're, you're, you're being a drag on the community and you should just go get some Snickers, preferably really? the full size. So Halloween's my favorite, but I would never say that it's like you have to hand out treats and all that. Like, I mean, I would, ne- I would never force my beliefs on anyone in my community or if you want to celebrate it, you can. That sucks that you don't, but whatever. Mm. But you guys don't, you guys don't think that there might be something to the idea of, uh, I guess it's just, I suppose maybe it's just like deliberate contrarianism and maybe that's the problem. Is that it's if if you're forcing yourself to be contrarian, you're still not really thinking or making your own conscious decision. You're just doing the opposite of what everyone else is doing. Eh. Well, I'm enjoying being anyway. a forced contrarian right now with my pro uh, forcing people to give out candy stance. So it's enjoyable, <laughs> if nothing else. It's not ethical. It's not good, but I'm enjoying it. <laughs> All right. Um. I, had to get- I have tons of candy here, by the way. So Aww. if you come to my house, I'll give you candy. <laughs> well, hang on. We got to end the podcast. I'm just going to say, I, I just gonna say this. Generally, when a witch is telling you they've got a lot of candy and to come over to their house, it doesn't end well for you. <laughs> so maybe don't show up to Ricky's. <laughs> okay. You're going to end up in a pot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This one's actually from all the way back in July, but I think the headline alone is enough to uh, warrant its uh, inclusion here. Home Depot's 12 foot skeleton is officially back. That's awesome. See, the problem was I was not thinking like Halloween decoration skeleton. I thought this was some sort of like eldritch horror just come to life at the Home Depot. The, the, the skeletons of the Nephilim just like out there selling you hammers. Those 12 foot ones are huge. I saw like some surveillance video of some dude stealing someone's out of their yard the other night on the news. It was crazy. He got the whole thing in the back of his car and drove off with it. Holy cow. Did he have to dismantle it or what? No, he got it like shimmied it in there. <laughs> he That was a necromancer. That's how he did it. Oh, my lord. I was like the 
this dude's gonna injure himself so bad. No. Oh, that's amazing. You you know, you 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 don't appreciate criminal behavior like that, but you gotta admire it in a certain sense, because that takes some skills. I know if I attempted to steal even a, a regular sized skeleton, I would end up in some sort of like comedy of errors. The police would call thinking I had a body. It was bad. And I'm just like, no, I just needed Halloween decorations. And then I go to jail. What are you going to do with the 12 foot tall skeleton that you stole in the whole neighborhood's looking for? <laughs> nah, bro. I, I had that skeleton. No, nah, I, I don't know where yours see. went. <laughs> nah, that's my uncle's skeleton. You don't know. Come from a tall family. Boy, you do. Uh. That's a very like, that's like a very little kid sort of thing where you steal something that is very obviously this person. So when it goes missing, all you can really do is, no, that isn't the one. That's the one you're missing. No, 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 that ain't it. Can't possibly be. That's mine. That's my 12 foot skeleton that looks exactly <laughs> like yours. You know? Oh, God. Well, I, I absolutely love that. So going into our first actual uh, piece of news to discuss, and I'm sure we'll all have a lot of opinions on this one. Tennessee pastor organizes Halloween book burning of occult related materials. Motherfucker. I know, right? Like these people are, this is, you know, this ties back to the last episode where we talked about satanic panic coming back in light of the occult revival in um you know the world as it is today you know i mean you you said it didn't you bell razor well i i think what i said last week of ultimately people talk about these sort of things because they're they're almost funny they're almost something to gawk at of like oh look at this crazy he's so afraid of halloween blah 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 he's so afraid of you know, the spooky witches. But the thing to remember is that in a lot of places, this is what their government officials believe, or at the very least people that are attempting to lobby and uh, demand things of the government believe this stuff wholeheartedly. So it's, it's really only a matter of time before stuff like this bleeds over into actual people's lives. And I think I also said it last week, the satanic panic of the seventies had people falsely imprisoned for, for decades. They absolutely ruined people's lives. And that's, that's what they did within the, the, the legal confines. You know, what happens when these people get emboldened enough that they decide that burning the books isn't enough, you know? And I understand that's a very extreme idea of like, oh, how do you think they would go that far? But I, I feel like if you let stuff like this go unchecked, it will, not, it will, it will go further and further. It's basically absolutely. censorship. Even if I don't like what someone else is saying, I will still defend their right to say it because otherwise there's no discourse between anyone or it all crumbles apart. Yeah. And don't have yep. anything. Yeah. It's, it's the old, yeah. It's the old it's, standard of, um, you know, what's the poem, you know, the, when they, when they came for the communist, I said nothing. I wasn't a communist. When they came for the Jews, I said nothing. I wasn't a Jew. When they came for me, there was no one left to say anything. 
I mean, very true. I'm, and it's just, I, I know because we talked, we talked about this article before there are, there are Christians that are condemning this sort of thing, but I think ultimately the, the most extreme fringe often becomes the people that set the tone. So it's just, I, I see stuff like this and it's, I, I'm not scared or anything, but I look at it and think, well, where is this going to end? It's probably not going to be pretty. I mean, yeah, especially when you look at um, what list of items for congregates to burn includes, because um, it's, uh, you know, they're, they're not going out and buying all the Anton LaVey and uh, Aleister Crowley books. You know, they're, they're saying uh, linked to witchcraft, board games, Harry Potter books, ungodly and devilish music, horror movies, Catholic statues and rosary beads, and yoga-related nonsense. This sounds exactly like what I lived through in the 80s as a child with Twisted Sister, and I remember Dee Snyder going before Congress. Oh, yeah! Telling Tipper Gore that if she read BDSM themes into his song, it was something in her mind, not in something he wrote. <laughs> but it, it just it's it repeats itself every every few decades it seems yeah and i mean you know the thing that sticks out to me more than anything on this is the uh catholic statues and rosary beads because um i mean i grew up in the you know the deep south and i was catholic and you know being catholic in the deep south is like being a like an actual pagan anywhere else people look at you like you're fucking crazy because you have statues and shit and they they freak out about saints it's weird but it goes back to the uh because we were having the conversation last episode about the um catholic church taking a strong stance against witchcraft and talismans and stuff and bell razor over there pointed out like oh yeah like so you know it's it's fine when you guys have your little saint pendants and stuff but when anyone else does it it's a problem and see like you know who you got more in common with this point is they want to burn your mary statues we are totally all right with that you guys wear funny hats we wear funny hats i mean it should be a match made in heaven let's just let's keep people from burning other people and i know that was your thing for a while too uh mr pope but you know we can get past this forgive and forget <laughs> It's really going to be, I'd like to think that you're right and that these are just sort of the repeating cycles and that eventually people will come to their senses again. But it seems like an awful lot of damage happens getting from there to there, you know? Well, there's also the big resurgence of the occult. And then this time around, we have the new phenomenon of the the love and lighty Ah. addict little saltiness to it all and i think that's where the yoga mats come in and the harry potter (laughs) and you know the little witch talk motherfuckers i don't know (laughs) (sighs) i guess the the enemy of my enemy is my friend because i'm still much more down with the witch talky yoga mat uh please try this sage people than i am the guy that wants to throw all of that in a fire and the other thing note it's it's he's talking about harry potter and horror movies and all this what happens when they find like the actual occult you know when they find my copy of the necronomicon on the bookshelf 
And then they decide, oh, you really got it. You're going to the front of the line of the burning. Yeah. I mean, if they looked on my bookshelf, I'd be in big trouble too. I mean, if they I'm looked sure. in my if they looked Art. in my house, they would be I'd be in big trouble. Oh my goodness, my black mirrors, they'd be like, Ooh. Yeah. Um, I will say, um, my significant other is not a magic person in the slightest. Not she she loves me, so she puts up with me talking to her about this stuff quite a bit and philosophy, but she would be the first one in line to start throwing hands on this because she loves Harry Potter. So diverse allies, I suppose. Um, To go back to the unintentional theme we have running through here, um, they're, I'm not even going to say their fucking name because fuck them. I, I really, this person doesn't deserve any more publicity and I don't want their name attached to this fucking podcast, but blank also made headlines for claiming in a sermon that developmental disorders such as autisms are signs of demonic oppression. He also said in a sermon that demons had revealed to him the first and last names of full-blown spell-casting witches who had infiltrated his church. I mean, I think this is definitely just another version of uh, someone using their um, ability to cause a commotion and issues to uh, promote themselves. He sounds like a real piece of garbage. Yeah. And the worst part is he's, he's probably convinced that he is doing the Lord's work. That's the weird thing. They get so delusional that they, they they're the best at swapping beliefs. And I don't know, man, it's scary. Yeah. It's scary, scary shit. Without, within the interest of not talking more about, you know, the, the horrors that people can come up with when they think they have the moral high ground, snide. Um, let's move <laughs> on to the other side of interesting but completely um, wrong takes of Halloween. I have a lovely, lovely little article called... Uh, oh, if I can find it. All right, let's drop the experiencing technical difficulties music oh, right here. I have sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. We were we were going to I was going to actually ready. edit all that out, but now I have to keep it in for that alone. That's beautiful. Okay, <laughs> here we go. We have something from Vogue called The Coolest Real Life Witch on how she celebrates Halloween. And I wanted to talk Nobody about... Nobody asked me anything. <laughs> I, I wanted to read this because I think Halloween, more than anything, is the time where, um, you know, otherwise normal publications decide to talk to spooky occult people. And the ones they find tend to be, like, the most... Uh, well, there's one of two ways. It's either they're the absolute, like, farthest out there person ever, or they're someone that's just kind of, like... Yeah, I'm a witch. Here's my here's my Insta. <laughs> so take a guess about which one this is. So 
Bree Luna, a.k.a. the Hood Witch, has a very religious next-door neighbor. Last year, she actually posted a note on our community bulletin board that Halloween decorations were offensive to her, yet she decorates her place in nativity scenes for Christmas. Total double standard, Luna says. I keep my jack-o'-lanterns out in the hallway anyway. She wasn't about to let anyone rain on her proverbial parade, and this year was no different. To her, Halloween isn't just a time to get dressed up and decorate the house with fake gravestones and spider webs. Halloween is a spiritual time for her. Luna is a mystic, or in layman's terms, a witch. Dun, dun, Those dun. are not the same thing. Those aren't the same. Those are not the same thing. Hmm. I mean, Did she read her first book on magic last year by any chance? <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to take that up with the hood witch. I thought a hood <laughs> witch was like a man witch ripoff, though, actually. <laughs> I thought the hood witch was like when you didn't have the peppers and stuff for the, you know, when you only had the man witch. <laughs> Oh no! Oh, God. oh, we are getting into some dicey territory there. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm so now. This will maybe we can circle this back to one more thing when we were talking about witch talk. Is that often when you have articles like this that are written from outside perspectives, you will get really big flubs like that, where you'll equate those two things together when they're not. <laughs> Although at the same time, generally anyone who describes themselves as a mystic is probably they're at least my level of pretentious, and that's pretty high up. I don't just like Halloween, Luna says. I love Halloween, and I literally think about it 364 days out of the year. When she isn't planning her annual Fright Night celebrations, the aesthetician is that a word slash spiritual healer is connecting to the past. I like to use this time to honor my departed loved ones. She says I do so by leaving offerings at their graves. And in my home, I also construct elaborate and beautiful altars and shrines honoring their lives. Luna also enjoys tarot reading on October 31st. It creates a magical and mystical atmosphere, but you can really tap into some power energy during this time around Halloween. And in the days after the spirits are very much walking around us more than ever she goes on to say this is not only the season of the witch but is also the season to reflect back on your life and what you've accomplished in the past year many people including myself perform divination rituals on all hallows eve or samhain an ancient celtic term for a time of reverence and the dead also i've also i i didn't realize this until today because um as um as much as i consider myself someone that's really interested in tradition i had been so poisoned on um samhain that i never learned how to pronounce it correctly because i've just been reading phonetically this whole time it's like now's now's a good time to talk about so how does everyone pronounce it because everyone pronounces it different yeah i mean that's the that's the problem with celtic reconstructions we're not quite sure what the actual word is. Um, like I said, I've always just said Samhain because I had no clue that there was a different way to pronounce it. But I saw like Sowin today or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I, I thought it was like Sawin. Like, yeah, Sawin. Like win at the end. Yeah, I think that's I think that's how it's supposed to be pronounced as it is. But I don't know one hundred percent. But I also know that the the uh, conflation of Halloween and Sowin is uh, not particularly. Um, well established it's it's more of one of those things that people think is a good idea like yeah that makes sense but whether it actually has any major connection is kind of debatable they at least does it at least take place when they're saying it's supposed to take place um 
if if the dates are close enough, I'll I'll give them a mulligan on that because this is supposed to be a certain. But if it's like nah, or this is our best guess of when it was supposed to be, or like nah, it just feels like this is the time for it. But well, it's um, it's a, uh, it's an equinox thing, I think, right? And I think it was originally yeah. supposed to be three days, so it's kind of in that floating area that Halloween could fit. But okay, that's good enough. But I also, all right, then. but supposedly, um, all All Saints Day, which was originally specifically to a certain, um, certain dead martyrs, and then later became All Saints Day, was proposed on November first because of that holiday. I think, at least according that, to some people. So I do think that there is a a brief kind of connection, at least in the sense of early Christians trying to cover up pagan holidays with their own. And then all hollows Eve, the hollows Eve to November 1st. And yeah, they just, it's kind of the same as Christmas with, you know, blending them into the, to the other holidays to make them more acceptable. Mm -hmm. Good enough for me. I mean, that, that, that sounds more than adequate. Syncretism is just what happens over time. So, you know, yeah. You made that sound like it was much more they pulled this out of their ass than Well, I, I think I, than I, th- I initially thought. Well, I, I think I meant more of like the actual practices, which I mean I don't think anyone would oh. make any argument that, you know, Halloween as well. Well they know didn't it today have is... they didn't have Tootsie rolls back then, so like, you know, of course not. Uh but they <laughs> they did have soul cakes though. A a butterfinger? Forget about it. <laughs> Okay, Uh, let's see what else we got here. But for the Hood Witch, Halloween is about balancing her serious rituals rituals with a hearty dose of real world celebration. She knows how to throw down on Halloween, often inviting friends and family over to her Seattle condo for a night of dancing and dress up. This stems from her fond childhood memories of trick or treating dressed up as her favorites, cat, princess and of course, witch. This year, she's already planned her costume. I'm totally obsessed with this online comedian called Joanne the Scammer. I think I'm going to be Joanne, a messy witch who lives for drama. Take that, pious neighbor. Oh, this is like such... Seattle, Washington again. Are you in, the, are you in Washington? All your news is from Washington. I mean, I, I think, again, it's the... Un- we've, we, we dealt with this last episode, and it's going to keep happening. We just have the... We tap into the collective unconscious when we start invoking the news, and we just end up with a theme. This week, it's apparently Washington and, you know, making yourself a god with memes. So, you know, <laughs> appropriate episode, I suppose, right? Okay, you guys ready for the secrets of a, of a great uh, celebratory Halloween affair? You know, for the, from the uh, from the coolest witch, uh, sock it to me, man. Okay. <laughs> That's good. Music is the first priority. A really good DJ or an amazing Halloween playlist is key. Your music will make or break the entire party vibe, and the playlist absolutely has to include the following: Monster Mash, Bajas, and of course, Screaming Jay Hawkins. I mean, uh, werewolves in London on a loop. Got it. <laughs> But uh, no, um, I this is the point of the article that I was really trying to get to where we go from. Yeah, this is like a a spooky woo woo person telling you about how to celebrate Halloween. And then it just goes to like, you know, typical freaking normal Halloween party tips. Right. It was just corny, honestly, like corny tips from what it sounds like. (laughs) Yeah. 
Don't get me wrong. I like Monster Mash, but. Uh, let's see. Oh, God. Oh, wow. For the introverts, try a more intimate Halloween get together. If I'm not partying with my friends on Halloween night, I love getting out into nature with my partner. We'll rent a cabin somewhere remote and snuggle up next to a fire while watching really awful B-rate horror movies and some classics like Poltergeist, Rosemary's Baby, and The Exorcist. People, that was the last one, and I skipped over all the other ones because they were just abysmal. Like, that's, this is, this is the coolest witch this is the coolest witch they could find. Like not one, like get a black goat, go out into the woods, find a sea hag. None of it. Disappointing. Yeah. Incredibly right, I'll, disappointing. I'll bite. What do you guys think is a proper occult use of your uh, Halloween time? Hmm. Hmm. I probably am not properly occulting on Halloween, but I enjoy, I enjoy the, the stupid, typical dress-up, candy, you know, all that. So you don't, you don't take it as a, uh, a spiritual sort of... There's no, there's no occult end to it, really. This is just like, no, this is just a fun time to get a costume on and have some fun. Not necessarily the day of Halloween, maybe after, like, the first maybe but for as mm. of halloween no nothing really is going on until midnight and then that's the first mm-hmm. so yeah fair enough fair yeah enough. i'm in agreement i think if nothing else halloween has been beaten into me too hard as a secular holiday for me to get spooky with it i i, I love the universal horror um movies and you know i i there's plenty of bad slasher flicks that i get into and you know, the the sentimental side of me enjoys seeing kids dressed up and getting candy, you know, does my heart good and keeps me from being the most cynical occult newsman on the planet. But I don't really get spooky with it. It's I almost feel like if you're trying to get trying to get spooky with Halloween is like something you do when you first get into the occult when you're younger. You know, it's like, ooh, you know, it's it really is just, you know, anything you're doing on Halloween itself to me feels a lot more like just Ouija boards with more steps. So what you're saying is that you guys don't want to help me try to summon Yog sothoth who is the, the key and the gate and the keeper of the gate. So that's what I'm hearing. Nobody's interested. I mean, I can, I no, can. no, no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Forget. I said anything. Well, will there be cheese? <laughs> there is one there's one appropriate halloween magic now it is it is definitely use the cheese magic just you know (laughs) go fascinate a bunch of kids by giving them cheese instead of a snickers bro they're gonna egg your house (laughs) this is good gouda this is cheddar. Oh, bro, I'm I'm kicking in all of your jack o' lanterns. <laughs> I would be stoked if I could go trick or treating and it was all like a variety of different cheeses. It'd be wonderful. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely there. There's probably Paul Vogue. Tell them to get this in an article. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think there's probably some bougie Halloween um, goings on that probably can do something like that. Like a wine and cheese trick or treat. 
Oh God. Nice. See, yeah. See, I'm, I'm all, I'm all kinds of down for that. It's just that the people would look at me funny and be like, Oh, what's your costume? And I'm like, um, I'm, I'm incredibly working class. And they're like, Oh, trendy. <laughs> Oh, God. I think I have a guy like you that comes around. <laughs> yeah, it's me. <laughs> Bill, you didn't pay your cleaning bill last month. We have problems. That's how I got the gate code. <laughs> okay. Um, in the, with uh, time growing short, I think we have time for one more. So. Sorry, that was my door. Did you guys hear that weird noise? It sounded so creepy. I loved it. <laughs> All right, with um, with uh, with one time for one last article. Do you, I'll give you you wonderful people the choice. We can either have five ways you can celebrate Sohin, or we can have five ways you can pronounce Sohin. <laughs> yeah, right. Sawin. Sawin. <laughs> or we can go for another real witches on how they're celebrating Halloween. Do the one on how to pronounce sweet and sour. That's great. <laughs> okay. All right. So. Soween. 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 Oh, the Celtic pagan holiday. That- <laughs> <laughs> The Celtic pagan holiday that honors the dead and ushers the dark half of the year is observed October 31st through November 1st at the midpoint between the autumnal equinox and the winter solstice. Sorry, I'm literally just going to put that sound effect in every time we say it after this. Um, Celebrates the completion of the (laughs) harp. celebrates the completion of the harvest season and the inevitable and miraculous cycle of death and rebirth. Its name means summer's end in Irish. It's believed that during this time, the veil between worlds is thin and not only between the realms of the living and the dead interference by the Fae is also a concern celebrating. Therefore involves communing with spirits as well as protecting oneself from fairy mischief. Here are five takes on traditional not saying it again, practices that you can adapt into your celebrations today. One, cleanse and manifest with fire. That is like the most generic. That's far too vague. That is like. <laughs> you can is, see a lot of people getting in trouble. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, officer, I was trying to manifest a good time by burning down the book depository. Don't ask why there's runes on this gas can. <laughs> Two, hold a silent supper. Just everybody shut the fuck up while I finish this spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> hang on, hang on. It is said that deceased relatives come seeking hospitality during the noise. So it may be best to honor them with a prepared spot at the table. A dumb or silent supper is traditionally held in silence and with a chair left empty for the spirits of the departed whom you expect to honor and commune with. All right. I mean, you know, that's a thing. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm, I, I, more people need to get, um, get in contact with their, their loved ones that have passed on. If I, I actually love that. I, I'm, I think I might've heard about that before or similar practices. I might actually give that a try. Yeah. I kind of like that. There, there you go. Article. You got one. Well, it's the only good thing we've gotten out of any of the articles in the show this far. I think. There's bound to be one eventually. So three, leave offerings for the dead. That kind of goes with Where do you leave them? Just anywhere. 
at the bus stop, leave them in the couch cushions. Don't leave them outside. You'll attract bears if you're in Washington. You just got to punch it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that actually, the good news is, is that if the bear shows up, you can join the dead and then people will leave you offerings. You can eat your own offerings. (laughs) You're like, well, shit, this was for grandma, but you know, whatever. Getting eaten by a bear makes a man hungry. That way, the silent dinner, so you can go get your SpaghettiOs. In <laughs> <laughs> oh, silence, no less. Oh. All right, four, leave gifts for the Fae. If you aren't familiar with the Fae folk, the prevailing advice is that you leave well enough alone, and then you're going to tell me to go do it. Sure. So that's like, just like, oh, if you ain't heard about them. Yeah. No. If, you don't, if you don't know, then you don't know. Sorry. <laughs> But if you want to try something that'll fuck your whole Halloween up. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. Well, there is, isn't there, there, I suppose there's sort of the, the mafioso protection money sort of notion of like leave an offering so they don't come and screw with you. I don't know. I, I've never, I've been fortunate enough in my life to never deal with Faye. I hear people talk about them and being very interested in like working with them and dealing with them. And all the stories have never given me any desire to do anything. You know, I'll go fuck with demons. I'll go fuck with, you know, Kenneth Grant fucking Necronomicon type shit. I don't want to fuck with the Fae. They just, they just seem like they exist as a magical thing to blame on all the horrible things that would happen to you for messing with them. If somebody who is Irish or, in that area wants to talk to me about the Fae, I'm willing to listen. Like I'll, I'll take that seriously. If somebody is in the middle of Vermont telling me about the we folk, I'm not sure how much I believe them, I guess is what I'd say to that. They're just talking about Bernie Sanders. (laughs) (laughs) He's the we folk. Yeah. Okay. Uh, And the last one we got is dress up to avoid mischievous spirits. So there you go. If you if you fuck up the Faye offering, you you just put on a bed sheet and go just, about your day. You're like, ha ha. Just stick one of those Groucho Marx mustaches on. <laughs> Ugh. Well, that was almost that was almost as bad as the last one. I mean, had one good thing about the uh, the silent uh, dinner, but there seems to be something sort of uh, somber. Isn't the quite quite the right word but sort of uh perhaps maybe meditative and sort of contemplative that about that that could be really useful of silence the chair honoring the dead that there seems like there's something good that could be gotten out of that yeah wrapping up to the end of their show we we have one question we always ask each other so we'll ask ricky too and if they don't feel like answering they don't have to but uh how goes the work the work, the great work, or yeah, the everyday the, in and out work. The the definitely the great work. We don't we we did enough talking about our trials with labor last week. So yeah, we're talking about the spiritual work, the 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 transmutation of uh, the base into the golden. Well, uh, it's going. I mean, <laughs> I. Uh, I am practicing things on a daily basis, which, you know, I'm proud of. I can say there's several things I do every single day that um, help me to get where eventually maybe someday I'll be. Can you give us one of them? 
Um, first thing I do almost every single time I wake up is I dream journal at least a couple words. And then the next thing I do right after that is I meditate for at least 15 to 20 minutes. And then I do breath work throughout the day and then I'll journal at the end of the night and meditate again. But those are things I do religiously every single day. Right on. Those are very life changing with the dream journaling. I can't recommend it enough. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I've just recently gotten back to recording my dreams and it's, it's always interesting because I get to see how fast my dream recall starts wrapping back up again, where it's like, I won't remember nothing. And then all of a sudden you start writing it down and it's like, Oh, Oh, okay. And then you know, like unlocks, it unlocks all those like doors in your, in your mind to your subconscious. When you practice it on a, on a daily basis, it gets really strong. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very thrilled to be getting back to it. Just because I'm always interested in this because I feel like I'm the only magician left that still has like a very non-magical um, thought about dreams because I'm a, <clears throat> a fucking Lacanian. Uh, but, you know, so I have, I have very Freudian sort of interpretations of dreams still. And most of my magic work that has been dream related could very easily fall into those kind of categories for me as well. So like, and I know, um, I know Bellraiser over there is um, pretty big on people like, um, you know, Jungians like Robert Johnson. Um, so I was curious, uh, Ricky, what do you, do you have a theory about what dreams are or their purpose or anything like that? I think that they could be several things and I don't think we'll ever know but I truly believe that they are our subconscious coming to the surface and meeting our consciousness and giving and speaking to us in symbolism and different symbols. And it's individual based for each different person. What you might see as a tree, you might interpret that differently. So it has a different meaning than the same tree that might appear in my dream. So it's, it's, it's short changing people by trying to interpret other people's dreams for them. And I think that it's the universe or God or whatever you want to call it, our subconscious ourselves screaming at us, the answers to a test that we will be given in our day to day real life. And if we pay attention, we'll ace that test. If we don't, we probably won't do as good. Wow. That is simultaneously incredibly Jungian, incredibly anti-Jungian. I, I, I dig it. I dig it. <laughs> um, well, with that, I guess, ahem. Oh, God damn it. Well, it's getting late and the veils between the living and the dead grow thin, so we must end here. This has been Chaos Magic News, the only news source coming to you online and through your Ouija board. As always, if you see Bella Lugosi tonight, remind him he's dead. Undead. Undead. <laughs> um, you can check us out at our site, chaosmagicnews.com, where we have articles, interviews, and of course the podcast. We're on Twitter at Chaos Magic News. We're on Instagram and Facebook. And Ricky, would you like the last word? Um, yeah, everyone should go and check out my friend on www.chaostarot.com.
Oh, we love, love chaostarot.com. They actually made our freaking website. They've been a huge colossal supporter since the beginning of this. We absolutely Aww, love them. They're and the best. They are. We're going to have them on either an episode or at least get them interviewed because we um, we live in a very close proximity to each other compared to most of the people I deal with. So we'll have a good one, I think. So there, there you go. If you're listening, that's my threat to you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And with that, um, thank you all for listening. It's great. And um, Ricky, really, thank you for coming on. This has been incredibly fun. Thank you for having me. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. We will see you next time. Yeah. Yeah. I hope it wasn't too horrifying to see what the how the sausage gets made over here. And um, no, you know. No, no, no. I like it. I need it. I need the inspiration.